Hello and welcome to episode 49 of our podcast, The Psychology of Learning Foreign Languages. My name is Gerd Orband. I'm a psychology lecturer, book author, and German language teacher. In this episode, we'll talk about the so-called plateau effect. Is it real? And what can you do about it? In the last four episodes, we talked about the fear of public speaking. If you have missed out on that, please revisit the last episodes. And in general, if you want to check out previous episodes, we have almost yeah, 50 episodes in our podcast in English. If you want to change the language, go to our main website and there will, you will get access to podcasts in Romanian, German, Spanish, Portuguese and Russian. The next two weeks will be on vacation, two or three weeks. So to bridge this break for you, I will offer you a small surprise, a small gift at the end of this episode. So stay tuned. Now, what is the pl so-called plateau effect? Subjectively, a lot of people consider that there is something like a plateau in learning. So you make great progress during the first courses or perceptible progress. Of course, because if you start with from zero and you learn 100 words, then it shows. But later on, if you have already a vocabulary of 10,000 words, learning 100 words more or not doesn't seem to make a big difference. I remember a sports coach saying, if you're not making progress, you're becoming worse. If you're not improving, you are becoming worse. So is there really something like a plateau, at least in other disciplines, let's say like in music or performing arts and so on, no? you either become better or you become worse. So for some people, reaching a plateau is something good. They are tired of going to language courses. They are tired of putting in the necessary mental effort. So they want to reach a plateau to rest. Other students instead feel negative about it. They want to constantly improve, but they do not know how. They feel subjectively that like they are not improving. Now, my personal theory here is that in general and in our native languages, as we become older, our vocabulary, at least our passive vocabulary, that is the words we can understand in a written text or in communication, grows. The more the older we are, the more words we know. On the other hand, our capacity of flexibly producing sentences becomes le less. What do I mean by this? Maybe sometimes you have observed it. Maybe this is something for previous generation. Maybe today's schools are so uh, messed up that it's the other way around. But in some countries, I observed that school children speak better, more fluently their native language than their parents. They, they speak more beautifully. And this could be that because as we become older, we settle in our own comfort zone of speaking. So we adapt to the way the people around speak, like our relatives, friends, and our colleagues in a specific niche of work. So if you become a plumber, electrician, uh, university teacher, a bureaucrat, or whatsoever, you tend to adapt your language to your position, and then it becomes more or less rigid. So the older we get, the less flexible we are to adapt to a lot of different speaking situations. We have already a personality around the way we speak. So changing the way we speak would be also 
an attack on our consistent personality that we want to have. Now, is it real that we have such a plateau? As I opened up in the introduction, most probably we are always making little progress, for at least in vocabulary, but we, we are not aware of it because of the comparatively decreasing added value. It's the same if you're a millionaire uh, earning an extra $1,000 a month doesn't feel like a big increase for somebody who has a salary of $500 adding $1,000 a month is a huge improvement. So many of these emotions that we are not making progress is just that we are, we are not feeling the difference because we are already so good and that there are only slight differences. So to get an objective answer to this, we need to get objective data and most language students stop here because they what they want to do is they want to compare themselves to the typical language learner so they use this as a kind of excuse they say yes i've read on so many blogs and youtube videos about the, the plateau effect now i'm on this plateau i cannot do anything to improve further so or that's typically for all language students so and this is a very stupid attitude first. Even if 99% of students reach a plateau, that doesn't mean that you should reach it. Because 99% of students maybe are lazy, they don't want to improve. Maybe 99% of students use the wrong techniques of, uh, to learn a language. Huh? But this is also our present-day culture. Uh, in many countries, it's like the, the mentality of the herd. Uh, what the majority does is okay and it's obviously not okay and if a big part of the population is obese it cannot be that the majority of the population has healthy diets uh, and so on if the majority of the population is sedentary and doesn't do any sports this couldn't uh, is not good for the organism and the same uh, if the majority of your colleagues at work they have a very bad posture this doesn't mean that this is the normal posture uh, for your spine and for avoiding back problems later so but in foreign languages a lot of students think always i need to do what the majority of other students but remember everybody is an individual and even if there would be data which there exists not on plateau effects for language learning in general then it doesn't necessarily mean that it's for you too yes talking about research there's a lot of research, even the foundational research in psychology, on experimental psychology, was made on memory, on memorizing syllables and words. And yes, there is a so-called forgetting curve that, that during first weeks or months you forget, depending on the person, depending on the material, maybe 30% of words or syllables and so on. And then it stays more or less stable for the rest of your life. So you, you do not forget any further. That could be interpreted like a plateau. But there's not really research which takes into account all facets of language learning. No. So what to do? If you're really interested in not whining, complaining uh, that you're on a plateau and if you don't use it, you're not using this as some kind of excuse or some kind of protection from the criticism of others. But if you really are curious about are you improving or not? Here's a very simple, comparatively simple way to do this. So you first need to get a lot of data. So how do you get the data? 
you speak ideally every day, every second day, every week into your smartphone and talk freely. The simplest way to do this is just to make an audio journal. What happened during the last week, during the last day, your thoughts, feelings, commentaries on things that happen, plans for the next days, weeks and so on. The same you do in written form. You write a journal in freestyle, in a flow of stream of consciousness. So then the next thing is you establish some indicators, parameters, you know, like pronunciation or spelling, if it's in written, declension, conjugation, if you need to change the verbs or the nouns, or adjectives, depending on the language, syntax, word order question, or style, is it a appropriate for written style or and you can make subcategories for example you can track the way you pronounce certain difficult sounds or word order questions for different types of sentence questions or subordinate clauses right, depending on the language you are learning and then you start to detect your own mistakes by different methods maybe we'll do a special podcast on this but i think there is already a podcast on how to measure your success or m track mistakes and so on. And then you get numbers. These numbers you introduce into a spreadsheet and Excel will do, or if you are more sophisticated like SPSS or the different also free applications because here there's no higher mathematics involved. And then over time you track those indicators. Your program can plot a graph showing if you're going up or down, if you're really sophisticated and interested in psychology, I would also record or answers to some standard questions every time you make a recording or writing. For example, you can say you can write an indicator how tired you are at this moment while speaking or writing. Or you can change the time of the day. So you can you write down at what time of the day did you write or record. Or you know, if you feel depressed or happy, if you have eaten or not. So if, like only for psychology uh, fanatics. But if you collect th this data too, then if you know a little bit of statistics from your psychology undergrads, graduate courses, or you learn it, you know, then you can make a much more complex analysis. Maybe you, if you see that you're having ups and downs, then using those other variables, maybe you find an answer. Maybe you see that it depends on the time of the day you are measuring yourself. No, maybe there's a correlation between your mood and your performance. No? Would be interesting, interested to know about this. Now, only if you do this, then you can do an analysis if you are on a plateau and where you are on this plateau. Most probably you are on, you are on a plateau only for certain indicators. Probably it will be pronunciation because if we do not consciously work on it it doesn't necessarily improve but not for others and then you have also a good prescription for what you need to focus on and most probably there will be also the effect that the measuring alone the recording yourself and the checking of your mistakes will automatically lead to an improvement so this means that in principle uh, our measurement is a bit manipulated or it's, it's not objective <laughs> well we are interested in improvement so if we manipulate it in a positive direction it should be good but if you want to make it really really objective you just you make an arrangement with a friend and 
you give him or her your recordings and she or he gives you his or her recordings and then you track mistakes for your other partner and show them only the results, the graphs. But you are not allowed to listen to your own recordings. If you want to make it more scientifically sound, then you want to exclude this. Okay, let me know if this works for you. Of course, many students will say, oh my God, this is so complicated, so much work to do and so on. But on the other hand, you need to think that if you're worrying every day, maybe because of your work or you, you want to work somewhere with another language and you feel that the language is a critical uh, factor in not making the next step, then you need to think about all the value you're missing out by remaining in this depressed state of insatisfaction. Then, as promised, if you want to bridge the next two weeks with material on the psychology of learning foreign languages and you have listened to all the previous podcast episodes, then I will give you access to my last book, last year's book, which is called uh, Making, Make Foreign Language Teaching Great Again, The Psychology and Quality Management of Foreign Language Teaching. It's not only for language teachers, so you will get a lot of value out of it. Okay, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the last two weeks of August, and we'll hear each other in September. Thank you, and bye-bye.